welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 123 Leave your ego at the door There was a period of time for about, I want to say maybe close to a year actually, where I would host this event, and I'm using host a little loosely, but I would organize this event called Form Clinic, or Clinic for short. And I think I may have mentioned this on one or two field logs before. But it was this activity where I would go with some of the guys from my gym, uh, or from my church rather, to the gym, and we would all just train together with the idea being that I would be there to help people out with, you know, biomechanical things, gym-related things, answer questions about programming, and check form primarily, which is form clinic, right? That's where the name came from. And one of the things that I used to say to the guys at form clinic and also mentioned in the Warrior King training protocol is rule number one of the Warrior King training protocol, right? Rule number one of the gym in general, in my opinion, and of course, I will be expanding this today. But that rule is leave your ego at the door, right? So I would gather the guys together, especially if it was a guy's first time, you know, training with me, I would gather them together and I would say, the first thing I want you to know, when you walk through that door, you take your ego, you leave it at the door, and if you want to, you can pick it back up when you leave, right? You can walk back out the gym and I don't care what you do out there, but in here, your ego can hurt you. Your ego can kill. But that's not just a rule for training. I want to convince you over the next 20-something minutes that this is a rule that you should be applying to everything in life. Right, of course, when I deliver the line to guys, I would always say, leave your ego at the door. If you want to pick it back up when you leave, that's fine. That's not my you know, concern. My concern is to keep you safe here in the weight room. But as I'm sitting here recording this field log, talking into this microphone, my concern is to try to give advice that I try to follow that I think might help you on your path to becoming a warrior king, to becoming the best man you can be. And the reality is that if you allow your ego to touch anything you do, you're not only putting yourself at risk, you're putting the people who depend on you at risk. Let's let's go through some examples here, right? So the first example I want to touch on, obviously, is the gym. Let's, Let's look at two scenarios, right? What happens when a man goes into the gym with the ego. I'll give an example from my own life, right? But I had a back injury in 2023. I've mentioned this, right? I tore my intercostal muscle, right? It's a muscle between the ribs. Why did this happen? I didn't follow my own rule. I thought I was, right? I thought I wasn't lifting weights that were too heavy. I was lifting weights that were safe. But what I didn't realize is that ego extends beyond doing something you know you can't do. I didn't follow the program properly. I'm on stage five of the Warrior King training protocol, right? I'm deadlifting one time a week and I'm only going as heavy as I can once every four weeks. Week one, two, and three are lower RPE, right? We've talked about this. It's all in the Warrior King training protocol. I was deadlifting three times a week because I wanted to regain some strength I'd lost. And it was working pretty well. I ended up hitting an all-time PR. I was repping 510, 515, right? But I was deadlifting so much I was tucking my lats so much as you should when you're deadlifting and I wasn't doing any pull-ups or any overhead pressing or anything to lengthen the lat that it got really really tight the back musculature got tight and something snapped 
I was training in a, in a certain way that was geared towards feeding my ego. And I paid the price. I was horrified. I was scared when I got the injury. I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know how bad it was, how long it would affect me. I just had no idea. Was it muscular? Was it, you know, spine related? I just didn't know. That's what can go wrong. Now, there's also been times where I've done it right, right? There's been times where I historically have had, call them like fragile hip flexors. Sometimes I'll squat too heavy. I'll squat a little too recklessly and then they'll bother me. One time I was training with two guys and I was supposed to work up to 400 pounds on my squat that day for reps. And I got to 200 and I felt it. And I decided when they were there, when they were watching, thank God, I decided I have to follow my own advice here, right? So I told them, I was like, guys, I was supposed to work up to 400 today. I'm stopping here. Because you're supposed to leave your ego at the door. God knows what that injury might have looked like if I'd injured my hip flexor, right? How long that recovery period might have taken. I'm down almost, I think I want to say 10 pounds since the injury, because after the injury, I lost some weight there. And then the habit has been hard to regain. I've regained it at this point. I'm back to training three days a week. But I'm down 10 pounds. I'm 168 right now. I should be 178. That's what will happen if you don't leave your ego at the door in the gym. Let's take another example. Let's say that you are in some sort of conflict. Let's say, you know, like road rage or something, right? You're driving, some guy shows up and he cuts you off and then you get really mad and you're honking at him and then you drive around him and then you try to brake check him. But let's say you get to a red light, he gets out of his car, he's got a gun. Your ego could cost you your life. Right? The problem with the ego is that it's meant to satisfy this desire to feel like you're something special. Which, of course, every person is unique. I'm not trying to take that away from you. You do have a unique calling. But to think that you're better than people and to feed this desire, that's exactly what the devil wants, right? And we know from the seven commitments that the first thing the warrior king commits himself to is his God. So the question I always ask myself when I'm making ego-based decisions and I'm trying to snap myself out of it is who are you trying to impress? Do you think these people care? You're at the gym. You're the strongest guy in the room by a mile. They might look at you and be like, wow, that guy's really strong. They might even go home and tell somebody about it that day. I saw this guy at the gym today. He was crazy strong. I've done that before. And then the next day they'll forget. They'll never think about it again. And even if they do, you know, they're spending the rest of their life doodling pictures of you into their notebook and, oh, I want to be like this guy. What is that to you? Right? St. Paul says, if I boast of anything, I boast of my weakness. So the problem with the ego is that you're trying to satisfy the wrong urge. And it's dangerous for you. Right? And this is exactly what the devil wants. Because what is the ego directly tied to? And I, at this point, I should stop, of course, and give my usual disclaimer. I'm not a priest. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a bishop. I am a godfather now, which I don't think I've mentioned before. Maybe I'll do a log on that. I do have a godson now. He's eight years old. He's a wonderful boy. But that's the extent of my spiritual, I guess you can call it authority. So if I say something that doesn't sound right, read the disclaimer in the show notes and please go talk to your priest. But we know that, that being said, right, it it seems to me, we know that the ego is directly tied to pride. Right? And pride is is the king of all sin. It's the sin that led to the fall of God's most beautiful creation, which was Lucifer, right? The devil. So when we're trying to feed the ego, we're trying to feed our pride. I want to be something special. Sometimes, many times with the ego, you want to be something you're not. Right? I want people to notice me. I want to be admired. I want to think of myself as some sort of, I don't know, demigod among mortals or whatever. 
And I fall into this trap all the time. I'm sure some of you might as well. And if you don't, God bless you. But these are the kinds of things that will happen to you, right? With the gym, for example, if you listen to the ego. Or something more dangerous, you provoke the wrong person, like in the hypothetical I gave with the road rage. These are the kinds of dangers that you face when you listen to the ego. Let's take another example. Let's say you're in a relationship, right? If you've been listening to the field log recently, you'll know that I'm engaged. I'm getting married in a few months. And many times when you're in a relationship, many of you who are married or in relationships will know this, sometimes you get criticized by your spouse or the person you're with. Now, thank God this doesn't happen to me very often. Maybe she's just so forgiving that she doesn't bring it up very much. Or, you know, I always try to be as, call it, thoughtful as I can be. But let's say you do get criticized. Let's say your wife says something. I don't like the way you do this. Or she, let's say she approaches it with a lot of respect and deference, right? It's a very beautiful posture. Hey, I noticed this thing. Maybe you want to think about this. I don't think that this is the best way to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Let's say your ego flares up and your ego says, you can't criticize me. What about all the things that you do? What about this? What about that? When you've just been given an opportunity to learn, this can erode your relationship, right? And not that I'm some sort of expert, right, on relationships. I'm not even married yet. But people more intelligent than myself have said this, that you should be humble, right? Take St. Ephraim, St. Ephraim's prayer. We pray this during Lent, which is coming up, by the way. I hope you're all ready. I'm trying to prepare myself. Looking forward to it. It's a very beautiful time of the year. Lord, help me not to judge my brother, but rather see my own faults. Beautiful sentiment. That's humility. The queen of all virtues. The ego is in direct opposition to humility. So forget the practical argument for a second, which I think should be enough to motivate you to leave the ego at the door in life, right? Not just the gym, but in life. Think about it from a spiritual perspective. You want to wake up every morning. And the first thing you do is you take your ego off. You put it on the pillow next to you. I'll put, pick you up when I go back to sleep. But I'm going to go through this day without you, without the ego. Now, what are the fruits that can come from that, right? What can happen to you? Who, who can you become? I've, I've lit all of the, or not all of them, but some of the things that can happen to you if you listen to your ego. What are the things that happen when you don't? I'll give you an example. I like to think of myself as somebody who's pretty good with words, right? I've, I've taken it upon myself to try to record a field log, and maybe, you know, you have areas in your life that are very similar. Maybe you think you're a good speaker. Maybe you're good with art or videography or, or fashion or whatever it is, right? You think you're pretty good at something. Stings a little bit when someone critiques you in that thing, doesn't it? It stings a little bit. But if you want to be the best you can be at something, right? I want to be the, the best speaker I can be. I, I like to think that words are very powerful, right? God created the world with his word, right? John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. I want to be the best I can be at this. I'm recording the field logs for myself. I want to convince myself of these things, remind myself when things get difficult, and for any of you who find this useful, I want you to be convinced of things. So let's say I'm using a word wrong. Right? I have a friend who explained something to me once, grammatically, right? None of them is, none of them are. That was, this was years ago. It stuck with me. Is that going to bother me? Right? That someone's critiquing my English, which of course is not my first language. But still, since I value it in myself, I think it's a great gift that God gave me. How much more efficacious... Will my English be if I don't approach criticism with ego, 
Right? This is one of the things the fathers tell us. I read an article about this once. Now, I don't remember where it was, but it's you know sort of in the orthodox space. That when you're criticized, the process you should go through is to ask yourself first, is the criticism valid? And that takes humility. It's very hard to do. It's very hard for me to do. It might be very hard for you to do. But ask yourself first, is the criticism valid? And let's say it's not. And this is the beauty of orthodoxy, right? Let's say the criticism is not valid. You should smile to yourself and be content with that knowledge. Say, this person has accused me of something. I've considered it. I've come to the conclusion that it's not true. I'll let it go. Because it's not true. What do I have to prove? That's humility. But if it is true, to ask for forgiveness from that person. Let's say you offended the person. Let's say you hurt the person. Please forgive me that I scandalized you in this way, or whatever it is that you did. And how much you can grow in the spiritual life, right? And this is, I'm sure you can tell this, a reminder to myself more than anything, to try to be this person. So these are the benefits of leaving the ego at the door every day, every morning. How do you do that? Right, the 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 great question we always ask ourselves and usually the second half of the field like how do you do that how does one do that well the first thing i want to mention is something that i saw a priest say so you can take it on pretty decent authority right came from a priest somebody asked this priest how does one kill the ego right this phrase that way how do i kill the ego how do i get rid of it and he said there are two ways to kill the ego the first is obedience And the second is humiliation. Now, obedience is more difficult, of course. It's very hard to submit yourself to someone's authority. And humiliation is more painful. It hurts us to be humiliated. But God will do this for us. For us, not to us, for us. If we don't obey, if we're stubborn, if we're prideful, right? This is how many people who are Orthodox or even in the Christian faith, come to the faith is that life beats you down to such a degree that you ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? And it turns out the thing you were doing wrong, I was doing wrong, is the ego. So God was down. Humiliation. And the first thing that every man living this lifestyle, living this goal of being a warrior king, of providing for your family, of providing for the things that have been placed in your stewardship to become the best man you can be, The first thing we do is submit ourselves to God. Obedience. And the better we do that, the more we can live our daily life, it seems to me, the more we can live our daily life in accordance with God's unalterable laws. And you can take this and put it into any context, right? In the gym, if you are training with somebody who's got more experience than you, Submit to that person's advice. You know, I come to you and I say, I'm seeing you deadlift, it's too heavy. You're running, you're back, you're struggling, your form's breaking about. I saw you benching, you're arching, you're lifting your hips off the bench. Submit yourself to that wisdom. Submit yourself to wisdom in general. You're in the gym by yourself. You know that the weight's too heavy. What are you going to do about that? People are watching, right? They're in all kinds of corners of the gym. They're over there, right? And instead of focusing on their own workout, all they can focus on is you. But will you submit in obedience to the natural laws of physics that are telling you that this weight is too heavy? Can you kill the ego in yourself and submit to humility, right? So this is sort of the spiritual angle. Obedience. 
or humiliation, right? You really can choose the other if you want. I don't recommend it. I was having a conversation with one of my brothers at church the other day, and I relayed this piece of information to him, right? The way to kill the ego is obedience or humiliation. He's a bit younger than me, close to 10 years younger than me, and I said to him, I don't recommend the second one. It sucks. It's really painful. I don't recommend it. So that's, I think, the attitude we should take first and foremost. Every morning we should wake up, thank God for another day, do our morning prayers, obey just laws, do the things that we have to, not stay on our phones so much, be diligent. And if we do those things, as, as far as I understand it, right, as far as it's been explained to me by this priest, it should erode away over time. But there's other things you can do to leave the ego at the door. One of my favorite things to do to leave the ego at the door is to think about what it is I'm trying to achieve. Because if you tell yourself you're in the gym and there's a weight, you really want to do five plates a day on the deadlift or six plates or whatever it is, right? Seven plates if you're really strong, God bless you. What do you care about more? Five today or six tomorrow? I recently, I'm like I said, lost about 10 pounds, right? I'm back in the gym training consistently again. I'm deadlifting about 100 pounds less right now. It's, of course, it's the beginning of the training cycle. I could do five, but I did 405 the other day for six, which is a light weight for me. So how do I justify that to myself? How do, how do I justify that to my ego? How do I quell the desire to load up more than I can handle? I just tell myself, you know what? I'm done trying to push for every extra pound I can every day. I'm going to look at December 31st, 2024, January 1st, 2025. I would like to be at a point in my training career on that day that's better than any place I've ever been in my training career, period. And the way I do that is by getting my protein, 40 grams, four times a day, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, and following the training routine. The best way to squash the ego is to think long-term, practically, of course, right? I'm talking about practical considerations here. Is to think long-term. And if you think long-term, all of a sudden, it's not that hard to do the right thing today, ego-wise, right? If you say that, you know, my ego is really pushing me to flip off this driver in traffic, but I mean, honestly, for all I know, the guy's a maniac. Maybe I care more about getting to my destination that I'm driving. I actually was in a road rage, you can call it situation, I suppose, today, where this person behind me was honking his horn incessantly, trying to get me to speed up for some reason. And then he sped around me, and then he flips me off, and does God knows what else. I'm not thinking about that. I have someone else in the car with me. I'm thinking about keeping that person safe. I'm going to get us to our destination. That's something that I'm more concerned about than satisfying my ego. So if you keep in mind the, call it, bigger picture, right? The bigger picture, it should be relatively easy to do, right, to do the right thing, right? And I'm really thinking about this from the angle of where the saying originated, of course, right? In the gym, if you think about it long term, it will pay dividends. Your relationship, do I want to satisfy my ego today? And tell this person, you don't have the right to criticize me. I could, whatever, right? Or do I want to look back on this moment 50 years from now and say, thank God 
that he gave me the ability to keep my mouth shut in that moment. It'll make keeping, you know, leaving the ego at the door a lot easier. In the morning, you wake up and you ask yourself, you know, am I going to leave the ego here in bed and then, you know, get up, do what I'm supposed to do that day and then pick it back up when I go to sleep? What motivation do you have to do that? Right? And I'm not a big believer in motivation to get the work done, but rather in the vision of what it is you're aspiring to. What is it that I'm trying to achieve here today over the next 16 hours? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to do everything I'm supposed to do today. You've heard me say this before. To be the man I'm supposed to be on my deathbed. What a powerful motivator. Especially from the Christian perspective, right? From the Orthodox perspective, you think about this. When that day comes, when you depart this life, when you repose, and then eventually at the final judgment, you want to have done everything in your power to purify yourself and repent. The same is true from a practical perspective, right? There are things that you need to do today, right? Your ego is telling you that, oh, you know, I can afford to skip the gym today, or I can afford to do this. I've been doing so well. I'm so great. But is that what you should be doing today to be the person you're supposed to be on your deathbed? Right? These are genuine considerations. And of course, speaking of considerations, I want you to consider this today. Carve out some time, five minutes, right? Whatever it is you're doing right now, as usual, put down your coffee, put down your phone. If you're listening to this in the background, pause the TV, whatever it is. Ask yourself today, carve out three to five minutes, put it in your notes app, put it in your calendar, right? Write it on your wall in Sharpie if you want, I don't care. Ask yourself today, is there any area in my life, go through the same commitments, is there any area in my life where my ego has been taking charge and I haven't done what I'm supposed to? A lot of times it'll be commitment number six, actually, relationships. Or commitment number three, body. Right? Maybe it's craft. Maybe I'm telling myself, I don't need to go back and relearn how to sight read. I'm a great musician. Maybe there's a way you can improve by leaving your ego at the door. So take that time today. Think through these things today. And going forward, commit yourself to the idea, if you haven't already, in the gym, in your relationships, in your career, in your stewardship, in your spiritual life first and foremost. Recommit yourself to leave your ego at the door. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course, the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.